I'm Spencer. I'm Tyler. And this is the end zone. Hey fellas, hey fellas. Get ready to rock. Get ready to rock. Turbo set. In today's episode, we'll be going over our draft trends, our likes and dislikes with our guest speaker, Weston. We also have a quick interview with Weston and our hot sauce hot takes section. As a reminder for today's news, we need to set our lineups before Thursday. That's the day this podcast is going to be released. So if you're listening to this right now, make sure that you have set your lineup. Okay, so before we get to anything more serious, we're going to talk about the news that happened over the last week here. So first off, we have the news that actually broke during the draft, a true league history first, with the Jarek McKinnon injury, which truly devastated Spencer's draft and more so Spencer's 49ers fandom. Spencer, how are you feeling, bud? You know, the poor soul who drafted him is just but a shell of a man now. He's uh both weeping for his fantasy team and... For his actual team, so uh, we're we're holding up over here. Maybe just a little bit drunk. Are you burning the candle on remembrance right now? Yeah, I went down to the nearest Catholic church and said a couple of hail marys, and now I'm hoping for a couple of hail marys. And that's gonna be eighty percent of the uh, Niners' offense this year. Is hoping Trent Taylor can somehow beat a cornerback in a hail mary. Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the deep ball, bud. Oh, we I, know that. Yeah, yeah, if it's really a lose lose. All right, in other news, we have Le'Veon Bell and his continuous holdout really affecting Andy's playoff prospects. How are we looking for the Pittsburgh running back, Tyler? You know, I think this is kind of overblown because really there's a great comparison in modern culture on Le'Veon Bell. And if you are familiar with Harry Potter, the dude never shows up for the sorting hat ceremony. Le'Veon Bell has only played two of the last five Week 1 games, and in those two games, he's combined for less than 150 rushing yards. So it's not like you're missing a ton from a one Week 1 game. If it's a continuous holdout, I'd be a little worried. But Bell and Potter got a lot of similarities, you know. Potter got in trouble for crashing a tree into a car with his boy. Bell got in trouble for smoking weed in the car with his boy. So really, they're pretty much both heroes here, and I think they're going to be fine no matter what. So do you think Bell's at practice and actually going to be at the game this Sunday, but just under the invisibility cloak? Oh, I like that. Uh, I don't think he's going to actually show up to a game until they pay him both chaser and seeker money. Uh, mm. He has to get that, that double income going. That's seeker that money. He wants to be paid like a seeker, even though he's just a chaser. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, yeah. the other way around. <laughs> no, no, no. He's a seeker. That's the he wants to be paid like the quarterback oh, okay. of a Quidditch team. There That's you go. The seeker. <laughs> Yeah. Now let's talk about the injuries to our bludgers. Uh, we've got Mac and ET3. Uh, so these ones are going to be pretty big news here for defensive players. And we're, we're an equal opportunity podcast here. We respect defensive players as people, unlike some other fantasy podcasts. So having Khalil Mack in Chicago could be huge for that Bears defense. They were already a top 10 actual life defense last year. I don't have their fantasy numbers in front of me here, but I reckon they were pretty good. So now that they added Khalil Mack to that, who was just an all-pro, an amazing player, they can have legit potential to be a top-five defense, even in a really tough division. And then our other big superstar is Earl Thomas, coming back to Seattle, potentially. Now, with that, I'm not sure how good that will be. Uh, that defense really is hes kind of like coming back home and everyone's gone, you know? It's like, uh, like Odysseus showing up 20 years later and nothing's the same. 
I think that the ET3 news is big for just the fact that he's playing this year, whatever team he plays for, if he stays with the Seahawks. Um, that's big news for them. If he actually ends up being traded to the Cowboys, like some people are projecting, I think that's pretty big news for the Cowboys defense, too, that has a decent front four and not much back in the secondary. He can really up that secondary and turn them into a potential or borderline top 10 defense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that there. They do have a press all front four, especially if they're able to keep the edge pressure up like they were last season. Then they have the, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but the, uh, Randy the Curry, Demarcus no, Lawrence, not, not, no, Sean the, uh, the, no, the other linebacker. Taco the, Charlton. Uh, the linebacker, that's, that's an end. Uh, the Notre Dame linebacker who like blew out his knee and missed his entire first year, but, uh, he's gonna be pretty Sean excited Lee. on that defense. It's not, <laughs> Sean Lee just blows out his knee every year. Every day? <laughs> Alright, and now we'd like to introduce our guest onto the show, Weston Mangan. Weston is the owner of... Weston, what's your team name again? Team name is Case Goff, with a slash in the middle. And what's the reasoning behind that name? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to think of some good puns, and I was trying to think of some good puns that I could do a decent job creating a like a poster for. Um, and uh, after trying to make something with uh, Bradley Chubb and Nick Chubb work in my head for a while, I started thinking about one of Bradley Chubb's teammates, and I was like, oh, Case Goff, like Face Off. Oh, that's a really good poster to, to make an, an edit of. Uh, I'm sorry to report that the edit isn't done yet. Um, I'm having some troubles with the, the shadows on Case Keenum's face looking just like his normal 5 o'clock shadow, but when it is finished, uh, you'll all get to see it, and it'll be beautiful. I'm very Great. excited for this. <laughs> And what have you done for us lately, then, Weston? <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I made Tyler's poster. That's freaking sick. I actually like his poster better than mine. It is pretty awesome. I've seen it. It's 10 out of 10. When are these going to be up, and where are you going to put them? Um, well, considering that the maximum image size for your team on NFL.com is something dumb, like 140 like 10 by 10 pixels 70. by 10 pixels. <laughs> yeah, and these are, like, 2,000 by 1,000 more like. Uh, not there, because you're not going to see anything, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Facebook group. That might be a good way to do it. That's good. We need like a league art gallery for Weston. We do. We should make Other a new Slack channel card art, art gallery. Listen, art does not need to be the exclusive province of one person who makes questionable quarterbacking decisions. Okay, <laughs> everybody can have that privilege. Weston, have you th- heard of this thing called a uh, Slack where you could post those? Uh, Spencer, I value my battery life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Weston, well, welcome. Thanks for coming on to the show. Tyler, got any questions for Weston before we kick it off? Um, what do you think is going to be a bigger issue for you, having too many like bench points or not having enough points? Because those are really like your issues over the last two years is one or the other. Right. Um, this time around, I, I'm looking and I'm thinking it's going to be more not having enough points overall. Um, if you look, my bench strategy is not what it has been in the past where – Often what I did in the past was I loaded up on a bunch of marginal RBs and WRs who were likely to see playing time and then consistently made not the right call on uh, <laughs> which one to use because I had about 15 candidates for WR3 every week. Um, if you look this year, I've gone for a different approach where with one exception, basically I, I have to make a choice on flex every week. So that's the only one that I, I, I can really get wrong. The rest of the time, those players 
probably are going to get limited to slim playing time and barring me basically I've just got a bunch of injury handcuffs. Yeah, the Lafia one's pretty like high up there for me. Like that's I'm your still biggest pissed about that. Spence is upset because he took a bunch I, of players with injury issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, I am. <laughs> Perfect, guys. Well, then, uh, next up, we have our hot takes segment. Just to review the rules of the hot takes segment, every time you make a hot take, you have some sort of hot sauce. Tyler, what's our hot sauce for today? Uh, we are in the El Cerrito house, or Albany house, having a Mexico Lindo Salsa Habanera Roja. And uh, as I understand, on the extra hot smell, scale, it smells very hot. It, it's I tested it last night. It is bad. Like I coughed. It's it, it's not gonna be a pleasant hot take. It's not gonna be as pleasant as last one was for me. Weston, what you got over there? Spicy jelly. Uh, spicy jelly. That's a good idea. Should have thought of that. No, unfortunately, um, I have. Well, sorry, I should say not unfortunately because I love this stuff probably too much. Um, I have El Yucateco green habanero. Ooh. Um, El Yucateco has habanero in like four different colors. Um, to me, green is the best, and I will overuse this stuff and then regret it later. All right, All right that sounds pretty good to me. Tyler, <laughs> you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, let me start this off here. So this is gonna go be a this is gonna be a homer pick since I'm gonna pick talk about someone on my right? team here. What was that? Chip first. Oh yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. Thank you for uh, reminding me. All right. So, I want to talk about Nelson Aguilar because I mentioned him in my power rankings a little bit here. And I think it is shocking on how low he fell compared to where he finished last year. And I think my hot take is going to be he is going to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. He's going to move up a couple spots and be in the top 20. I'm not sure that that's that hot. It, It... I, I'd say that is you're you're also then betting on Carson Wentz directly, because uh, yeah. that's the chemistry right there. I, I watched a lot of Philadelphia games last season. I agree with you. Nelson Aguilar is is good, and I'm uh, I am sad that he fell as far as he did. I'm, I'm looking at my own draft now to see where where did I fail? Where did I go wrong? <laughs> um, but I'm not sure that I did necessarily. Um, but yeah, no, he's. I, I think that if Carson Wentz is back on the field, I don't think that's that even that outlandish. Yeah, that's fair enough. I just think it was shocking how, like, Demarius Thomas and T.Y. Hilton, like, Golden Tate, those players were going behind him and he finished ahead of them in points. Or he was going behind those players there. So just by a significant amount, it wasn't just, like, two rounds. I think a lot of people just dump on him. It was like, oh, it's Nelson Aguilar. He's sucked for so long. But he's still really young. He's not old. Uh, he's only been in the league for, like, three, four years. He's kind of, like... If Kevin White actually played and was bad, and that said, just disappeared and was bad, you know, for all I know, Kevin White could be really good this year. He could be a really sexy waiver wire pickup if he actually plays. Maybe Kevin who? <laughs> exactly. The more you say his name, the less real he becomes. <laughs> <laughs> the spread of Kevin White. Yeah. All right, Weston, do you want to do yours? Yeah, sure. Give me a second here. Oh my god, my mouth's on fire. I'm having spicy burps. <laughs> That's how you know you're doing it right. Alright. Uh, so, uh, my hot take, uh, also gonna be about one of Tyler's players. 
uh, I'm going to focus in on uh, Jamal Williams. Um, and I'm going to say that Jamal Williams is going to lose the starting job by week four. I'm with you on that. I can see him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then why did you draft him in the sixth round? <laughs> yeah, like, I, well, because Jeff wanted Carson, and I didn't want Peyton Barber, because I, I just don't like the Bucks at all as an offense. Uh, I don't want Burkhead. Like, I didn't really want Marquise Goodwin. Uh, I got Will Fuller on the swing. But, I don't know, like, look at that area. That much I could do at running back. What about Carryon Johnson, who lasted all the way I, to the end? I don't of know round. about Carry. Carryon Johnson hasn't played in the NFL. The guy's nickname is the Wizardator. You should draft him <laughs> based on that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Jamal put up what sixty? He put up around like sixty, seventy points in his last four weeks of the year last year. So I, I have a lot of confidence, at least him starting. Uh, while Aaron Jones is suspended, but yeah, you're right. I could totally see him losing the job, and that's why I drafted Ty Montgomery twelfth in the twelfth round. <laughs> Another guy who will not, who's not a better runner than Aaron Jones. Well, I couldn't get Aaron Jones. He went to the tent, I know. right? <laughs> I know. It's just, I couldn't get them all. So you doubled down. You doubled down on question. I mean, okay, so Taiwan Garmy, I think, is a much more questionable Green Bay running back because even when he was like the guy, because they literally had nobody else, uh, he still was barely worth like a bench spot. And yeah, here he yeah, is. It's a great. Man. Dude. He was definitely like a flex player. I, Brandon had him for a couple of years ago, and he was pretty good for that. Uh, he's, he's not like, like an elite flex player. He's like but. a flex player when he was literally Green Bay's only option in the run game. Yeah. How many other people are a team's <laughs> undisputed like first-string ball carrier and are just an okay flex option? Um, that has proven running success. That was like, what, a year removed from Eddie Lacy being one of the most dominant players in fantasy? Two years, maybe? Yeah, it wasn't too long after. And it's, so it's the same coaching staff, it's the same offense, but you don't have the ability to produce. And, and it's not like they can just stack the box because they have to cover like 15 receivers and Aaron Rodgers. So, what does that tell you? Did I have a good goal line back? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, point taken. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely agree with you. I did not think Jamal Williams is a fantastic pick. If I had to say one person on my team and the one pick I did not like, it's that pick. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I may be giving you too much shit about it because you oh, look no, at it. If you, well, don't back down on a hot take. All right, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, if you, if you look at it as an investment for the first couple of weeks, then it's fine. But if you're looking at an investment for the first couple of weeks, then you should have worked harder at picking up Aaron Jones the next four rounds so that, you know, when you're in, when your four weeks are up, your investment wasn't just gone. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe we're wrong. Um, but, I I really think that there's a talent disparity there, and I think that Green Bay knows it. And I think that maybe it's maybe the first week back from the suspension as SOP, they kind of make it you know a, sp- a split thing. But we know that all that week in practice, they're going to be thinking about it. We know that the game is going to be the final rehearsal. And if Aaron Jones is anything like I think the average person who actually makes it onto a roster in the NFL, he's going to come back and he's going to know that he's got to fight to prove that he's good enough to warrant the starting spot. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I think any offense where you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, who they have to account for as an excellent passer all across the field, and also as a runner, makes it so much easier for whoever is leading that backfield to produce. I agree. It's definitely better to, you know, be the running back for 
Aaron Rodgers than it is to be the running back for Mitchell Trubisky, Blake Bortles. Uh, but just because that's the case, that doesn't necessarily mean that any running back out of that backfield is is the same as all of the other ones. If you've got three backs who are competing to be, you know, the primary ball carrier. Maybe Green Bay goes for a true committee approach, in which case Williams is overvalued. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. Williams loses the starting job to a running back that I, I think we agree is more talented, in which case Williams is overvalued. The only case in which we win this is if Jamal Williams becomes that sole ball carrier over a back that we think he's less talented than. Yeah. Or yeah. for some reason has better passing value than than uh, Aaron Jones. True. I, well, I feel like Williams does not have as much passing value. I agree. Especially yep. as I had Ty Montgomery. Well, yeah, but if you have a back that can pa- that can catch passes and run the ball, as opposed to Ty Montgomery, who is much better at catching passes than he is between the tackles, um, you've got a lot more value there because you can line up in more deceptive sets. If you weren't already running 15 wide receivers because yeah. you're Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. Two tight ends, four wides. You've got six running down the field as pass catchers. He needs to have an option for when he extends the play out to like 37 seconds of running around back for some reason. The more Please, routes, he's the better. Not Russell Wilson, where he's just going 30, 40 yards deep into the into his own backfield. I don't know, man. I've seen it a few times. <laughs> All right. Hey, so part of my my hot take is going to depend on how spicy I find this salsa. Uh, it's if it's not that hot, I'm gonna like do a less spicy hot take. But if it is really hot, then I'm gonna go with a. You're gonna want to do your spiciest take ever. <laughs> All right, we'll see. He might have died. <laughs> it's not that, that bad. bad. Oh, okay. Geez. Yeah, I'm feeling it. <laughs> All right. Um. <coughs> oh, it's all through my nose. Okay, I'm ready for Max Spice, man. All right, this one tell, warrants tell me, it. Tell me how the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Last time it was Josh Allen. Uh, this time it's C.J. Anderson, and that's that C.J. Anderson is going to be a top five oh. running back. Top five. Top five. It's going to be you're going to have like Gurley, Le'Veon, Zeke, David Johnson, and C.J. Anderson. So you're, Maybe you're Leonard Fournette's in there Anderson somewhere, given an injury. Over Melvin Gordon, over Alvin Kamara, over Leonard Fournette, over Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Over Devonta Freeman, over Christian McCaffrey especially, over Dalvin Cook. I feel like yeah. you've been writing the Christian McCaffrey can't run it, but point where I feel like I'm the bent over SpongeBob meme mimicking your voice, talking <laughs> about it. Is that all you've been talking about? I'm really excited for CJ Anderson. You know, he went to Cal, Ron Rivera coached to Cal. I, I think there's a lot of synergy there. He's going to be great. And like I, I just don't see it. I I have I have I, I don't have that much of a so here's 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 kind of a, what I think the dream scenario for this yes, is. Yes, please talk away while I drink some water. <laughs> I think I think the dream scenario for that to happen is that very early in the season Christian McCaffrey suffers like a, a career ending toe injury or something. Um toe fungus. Yeah, career-ending toe fungus. Um, because obviously, y- you should not have doubts about 
Maybe about his ability to run between the tackles, I can see why you might be skeptical about his ability to do that long term. But obviously he has synergy in that offense last year. Um, and there's no reason to think that that would just kind of magically go away. Does so, he? How many times did he run for a touchdown from just a regular run formation where he wasn't being passed to by Cam Newton twice? It doesn't really matter. I don't know. Uh, because if, if, if there's somebody who can play that halfback position and do it in a way that gains yards, and he can definitely gain yards, that's what's important, right? That's what that that's what the Panthers are looking for. They're not looking for, you know, the pure philosophy of football. We need to run, you know, somebody straight up the middle and do that kind of thing. Unless maybe they're in like a ball control situation. I disagree. Uh, the Panthers are a pretty run heavy offense. Yeah, and they found a way to make that work, running Christian McCaffrey as their primary guy. But so he wasn't in any sort of like short yard. Like he was there were so many times he was just motioned out wide where he wasn't like the traditional ball carrier. And that was just to draw a guy into the slot. Uh-huh. Along with, like, having a two-back set just so they could have a run, an actual running back, like, run it between the tackles. So your argument for how C.J. Anderson is going to become a top-five RB is going is that he's going to see lots of usage in short-yarded situations. No, no, no. He's going to see usage <laughs> all over the field. He's not just this big, bruising back that can go down there. I mean, A, he's got speed and acceleration. Uh, B, he can run both inside zone and outside zone in that scheme, whereas McCaffrey can only really run outside zone. So he's got a lot more utility in what formations they can line up and run him in. The only thing he can't do that McCaffrey does do, which is nice for them because they like to run a lot of, not to adopt the Titans terminology, but exotic, uh, like two back sets, uh, they can do the same thing, but I think even better where they don't even, they don't have to have a back like, uh, John Stewart, where he can only run up the middle, uh, he can actually get to the outside, set the edge, and then run up the field with some... He doesn't have, like, playmaking speed or, like, game-breaking speed, um, like McCaffrey does to some extent, but he's got the acceleration to, to get around the edge there. The other, the other problem that I want to bring up is that, perhaps uniquely, C.J. Anderson isn't only competing with Christian McCaffrey to be the Bears, or not the Bears, sorry, the, the Panthers' primary runner. Uh, he's also competing with Cam Newton, uh, like in a much more serious way than you would see with almost any other QB in the league. That's fair. Um, I think in goal line situations you do see Cam Newton vulture um, some touchdowns there, but I think that's something they're also trying to get away from just because Cam Newton can't take those hits forever, and they still want to prevent that. Especially well, if you I'm, some I'm ready. I'm ready to see the Instagram posts and the outfits get even more ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what's been causing them all these years. It's the the, the concussions. It's a yeah. it's a direct correlation. Concussions to hat absurdity. Yeah, I'm with it. All right, so that one was my hot one. My my really hot one. What's uh, what's up next? Uh, so we just didn't think we should do two two I hot takes this one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we went pretty long on the uh, traffic. Right, I'm gonna lump all mine into one because it, it's all just about receivers, anyways. Uh, let me take my. I'm just gonna do a bunch of chips right now. Is that how this works? You yeah. Like oh yeah. Yep. Load them up. Emmanuel Sanders, Keelan Cole, and Michael Gallup will finish. All three will finish in the top 15 receivers in fantasy this year. Emmanuel Sanders, Keelan Cole, and Michael Gallup. I think Sanders is going to go huge in the slot role, like when Case Keenum kind of offensive. 
Uh, they've been playing him this a lot in preseason. He looks good in preseason. He had like a 34 rushing, to, or, uh, rushing yard touchdown. Keelan Cole is the, probably gonna be the number one in Jacksonville. I can't really see Moncrief or D.D. Westbrook taking over, unless he maybe has an injury. Was, I thought Cole looked fantastic last year, and uh, Andy will back me up on that. And then I think Michael Gallup is going to take over the Dallas passing offense uh, since Turns doesn't really inspire a ton of confidence with me. He's the same boat as Allen Robinson where look at me from three or four years ago on garbage time and what have I done since. Um, and then what do you have with Cole Beasley on that offense? I, I, don't, I don't buy it. So I think Michael Gallup is going to be pretty great in there. And uh, hopefully like a more resurgent Cowboys team. I'm not even a Cowboys fan at all, but I'm, I have a Z because I want someone who can take some pressure off him hopefully. I think my biggest issue with that is the Keelan Cole pick, and I'm gonna hear it from Andy at work on uh, tomorrow or whenever we release this, uh, and on our own Slack channel. But my biggest issue with Keelan Cole is that he only really came on at the end of last year. He had the most receptions were three up until the last three weeks of the season in the game. The two highest reception games he had were against Houston and SF, which are not good secondaries. Um, and guys, was those were seven and six, and those were both his 186 yard game, which fantastic game, and 108 yard game. Outside of those playing just garbage secondaries, he the most he had was 99 against a depleted Seahawks secondary. Um, and it's an offense that tries to keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands. They like run 25, 30 times a game uh, and let their defense do all the work for them. They're literally just trying to stop Lake Bortles from throwing an interception as much as possible. So I just don't see him getting the volume there. That's fair. I and have the least trouble, honestly, out of all of those, believing it from Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. He's, he has I a terrible understand. wide receiver core around him. He does. and that Well, I, I think that's maybe not fair. I don't think Cole Beasley is terrible. Um, I don't think Colby is great. I think he has trouble being fantasy relevant, but fantasy relevance, directly speaking, is not the same as being a good player in the NFL or being fantasy relevant indirectly. Um, you know, if nothing else, I think that you can't just ignore Cole Beasley, right? Yeah. Like the guys, the guys shown he has some chemistry with Dak. Um, and that's kind of the reason why I believe it is because if you if you're going up against the Cowboys, like you have to respect what that offense was capable of, um, and their offensive makeup is, uh, you know, basically you, you're you're just hoping that Michael Gallup can step into that Des role, and I think he can. Uh, I'm not saying that he will. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is the tantalizing one because obviously he's kind of just a, on the bubble of like he he has the least distance to go right to prove to us that he can be in the top fifteen. Um, my problem is that I, I don't think that Emmanuel, I think Emmanuel Sanders has basically shown us, like, how he's going to be. I, I think Case Keenum is a prime target for aggression this year. And I say that as somebody who, who likes him and wishes him success. Um, so, yeah, I'm not so confident on that one. Plus, uh, isn't, isn't Jake Butt healthy now? Yes, Jake Butt. Okay, how can you compete against Jake Butt? Uh, I guess I actually can't. Why didn't I name my team something based off of Chubb and Butt? <laughs> I don't know. Two Chubbs in the butt. I'm really glad you guys took over the talking there because I definitely would not have been able to speak the last like five <laughs> minutes. 
All right, Weston, let's do yours and give about a, a minute of discussion to it, and then we can do mine and give it about a minute. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I did have a hot take that the two of you already know. You think it's worth recycling? Oh, yeah. Definitely? Okay. So um, give me a second here. Okay. Um, hot take number two. Uh Michael Kendricks will plead guilty uh, in his insider trading case because it's pretty fucking obvious that he's guilty. Um, he will receive a, a slap on the wrist sentence, probably be gone for at least this season, maybe not next season. Uh, and then he will return to the Browns, but he will return in the front office. Um, and uh, Jimmy Haslam will go on the record saying that that is what he thought Slashy meant by the term Moneyball. <laughs> And Michael Kendrick's oh, new role is going to be uh, conniving to find creative ways to circumvent the cap um, and or acquire signing bonus for a depleted Browns franchise. He's not just an Adidas rep for college basketball, but for the Browns. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's why they let Nassib go, because they realize they need to make room for a new financial advisor on the team. <laughs> you know, Nassib's playing it straight. Nassib's talking about the power of like compound interest and stuff. Haslam's not about 10% that. interest you... rate. Have you, have you seen this guy's business dealings? Definitely the kind of rate of return that, that Kendricks is getting, that's what he wants. Right? Really, yeah. 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 High risk, high reward. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Absolutely illegal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, to round us out then... Uh, my... Are you doing your mile take now? Uh, it's it's not... Here, hang on just a second. Let me get my, let me get my chip ready. I almost like I was thinking about running out of the room and recording because it was so bad. Um, <laughs> it's so much. It's bad, dude. It's tasty, but it's bad. All right. Okay. Uh, before it gets too bad. Before the end of the year, Le'Veon Bell gets traded to the Washington Redskins. For what or whom? Al Smith. Don't go that deep. (laughs) Al Smith. Well, why did you pick the Redskins? (laughs) Because they have the worst running back core. Yeah, it's not great. I don't know about the worst. Like I think. uh, Like I think. What about Indy? Maybe but the indie. problem isn't running back core. The problem is what's their cap space like? And if I remember correctly, it's not great for Washington. Yeah, so my thoughts were the Redskins or the Niners. And the Niners, I mean, I, I talk about the Niners too much. So Redskins, <laughs> I also think that Dan Schneider isn't a smart enough man. Snyder? Yeah. But I, my mouth is on fucking fire right now. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take it back, and I'm, I'm gonna say, I, I think that the problem with Dan Snyder is not that he's not smart. I think he's just a really, really, really like petty, controlling, yeah, and petty. It's not that he's not intelligent. He probably knows what the quote right thing to do is, but the right thing to do isn't the right thing for Dan Snyder to do because Dan Snyder is Dan Snyder. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like, why why make my team PC? Fuck that. So my main reasons for the Redskins were that if they want Alex Smith to succeed, I think they've got the tight end in place, but they don't have like a Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, Jamal Charles sort of back that can run and catch passes and 
Bell is the best there is. So I think if they do want to contend this year, and I think oh, partway through the Charles year, is available. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jamal Charles is available. Great, he can put up another five touchdowns against the 2012 Raiders. He might get five touchdowns against the 2018 Raiders. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's the best take I've heard all night. That might be. But yeah, they just don't have a lot of weapons, in my opinion. They've lost their big receiving weapons. Uh, they've lost their... Well, they've never had really great running back weapons, so I think Alex Smith is going to need something to succeed in that offense. I think this is Jay Gruden's last year if he can't put a playoff season together. And so I think they end up um, making some sort of big splash, and I think Le'Veon Bell's it. I Okay, so the Redskins, if you're the Steelers and you want to trade Bell because you are... Dumb. Yeah, dumb, I think, is the only way to express it. Then, then I, I, I accept that the Redskins makes sense because the Redskins is like a way to get him as far away from you as possible. Mm-hmm. I suppose that the 49ers would also work in that situation. Um, you know, you, you then re- reduce the ability that you're poisoning your own ability to, to win. Um, other than the fact that you just traded, you know, like literally a generational talent at running back. Except that they can still produce with D'Angelo Williams and like they were able to produce with D'Angelo Williams. I think, I don't know. I was gonna say, isn't Angela Williams actually in the WWE now? Like, yeah. I'm like wrong. <laughs> it's just like he they they produced with him and they produced with him really well. I just don't think behind their offensive line that going down from Levan Bell is a step down no matter what. But running back's probably one of the oh. least valuable offensive positions, not fantasy wise, obviously. Um, but that Connor can do eighty percent of what Levan Bell can do. I mean, I should withhold some judgment until I've seen Connor play some more, but I have seen Bell play, and yeah. I don't feel that... I, I feel like, you know, having a good offensive line, obviously helpful. I feel that Le'Veon Bell is the kind of runner who behind even, you know, a mediocre to, to poor offensive line would still be effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's not relying necessarily on his line to do, you know, to open a huge lane and keep it open. He's relying on his offensive line to do something for the defense to react to it, and then he reacts to how the defense reacts. Sure. Um, so as long as he has, a, as long as we're not dealing with an offensive line like Seattle's, like literally, and he just needs to have an offensive line that does something. Uh, so, but but ignoring that for a second, if you're the Steelers' ownership, yes. Sorry, the Steelers ownership or the or the Steelers GM, which may may not necessarily have the same opinion. I don't really know what Arthur Blank's relationship to his GM is. Um, Blank Blank is this? No, that's no, that's uh, uh, is it something like Blank. I, I I'm blanking or it's on the Rooney, so yeah, Art Rooney. Rooney. Yeah, in my in my mind, Art Rooney and Arthur Blank are like the same thing. Their um, first two letters of their first names are the same, so I get your mix up. Um, I don't know what their relationship is to their their GM, but um. Like, what is your incentive to get rid of Bell? Because, like, okay, yes, it's annoying that he he appears to hate training camp. Um, although I'm I'm not sure I can blame him. Blame him. Uh, and and yes, clearly he wants a lot of money, which is exactly what he'll want no matter where he's sent to. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have a player on in your team who has for years produced at a level that makes him universally acclaimed essentially as like the running back of the NBL or NBL what the what am I talking about the NFL um 
So where where is your incentive to trade him? Sit, so you, like let's let's hypothesize they're trading him to Washington. Washington doesn't strike me as a believable trade partner because what are you getting for him? You, who does Washington trade you that you want if you're the Steelers? More than that, uh, who do who do most people trade you who you want if you're the Steelers? Ben Roethlisberger has made it clear that he thinks that the Steelers should be trying to contend now. If you look at the status of the AFC, it's really hard to disagree with him because the Steelers are right there at the top. They're almost a guarantee to make the AFC championship game. Uh, maybe that's a little bit strong. West, I think we're losing you a bit. The hot shake broke him. I think I got the answer, though, Weston, for how this happens. So yeah. during the off season, John Gruden kidnaps Mike Tomlin and is actually dressed up in blackface pretending to be Mike Tomlin for this last, like, two months. Wait, so who is John Gruden, then? He's moonlighting. He's flying, he's moonlighting right now. He's flying, he's doing both ends. All right. That's the only way I can see this happening. Never mind. I agree with you. Um, that is a plausible scenario for this. Um <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm based on, so based in this scenario, then Washington is trading like, like this year's first, next year's fifth, and like their 2021 seventh, roughly, for Bell? Something like that. Yeah, at least a first in there, probably a mid-round pick. I'd go with a first and a second, or sorry, no, not first and second, first and third. Yeah, that sounds alright. Do they then trade the third to whoever picks Martavis Bryant off of waivers? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically my rant was about how, like, Bell is part of your your super, your trifecta that could get you to a Super Bowl, and you'd be a fool to, to get rid of that. Yeah, I think they're just starting to look towards the future, and they're realizing that they've had a defense that has been very good, not elite, over the last couple of years. It's always had some sort of holes on it, and uh, cornerback is the most recent hole, so if they can fix that cornerback spot, whether by getting uh, Fuller... It was Fuller, right? Yeah. Yeah, whether That's by getting... That's the got rid of. Whether by getting oh sorry not did anyone go to the Redskins? Yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe they end up doing a trade for um, Norman or something like that. But they want to trade. I think they want to get someone in there now on offense to help Alex Smith. Um, anyway, that's why it's a hot take is because it's not the most believable scenario. But this is spicy, so I feel like I earned that hot take. <laughs> that's a good one. Fair enough. Uh, I think that's a good place to call it. All right, guys. Well, thanks, Weston, for uh, coming on with us and shooting the shit. Yeah, no problem. It was fun to get um, heated and passionate about things that I definitely have not studied enough film to make these kind of calls for. <laughs> oh, we are we're we're all here to be uh, unwarranted professionals. Yeah, that's pretty much the motto. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's about all. That's about it for today. So we will cue the outro music. See you guys. See you.